All right, guys, welcome to yet another edition of Fix Your Franchise. Fix it! Fix it! We'll fix it for you guys. We're just three average guys, but we're all above average GMs. Probably the best in the game, if you ask me. Um, so we're going to go ahead and, like we always do, let you know how your team needs to fix their franchise. Today, we will do the L.A. Rams, the Los Angeles Los Angeles Rams. They moved. They're like, you know what? St. Louis, we out of here. We're, we're done with Missouri. We're going to go to the big city. We're going to go to Cali. We're going to actually make that money. We're going to put together a super team with a genius head coach, and we're going to try to fix our franchise. So they made the first move in fixing their franchise, and we're going to tell them how to completely fix it. Um, as always, to my right, I got Big Tug in the building and the mastermind behind it all. That dude you all know as a coach, a.k.a. Coach Red, coming in hot like he always does. And we're going to go ahead and start off uh, with what Coach Red thinks that the L.A. Rams need to do to fix their franchise. Before I hop into that, you forgot to tell the fans who you are. Oh, it's your boy, Adam Dirty, all day, every day. Got that belt on, that championship belt, that uh, that hitter with the glitter, getting it down. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm fishing for your chick in your own pond with a bigger stick, and that's all you got to worry about. So other than that, We'll start the show now that you guys got a little bit of taste of why why they call me dirty. <laughs> <laughs> so for for the Los Angeles Rams, <laughs> made the playoffs last year. They they implore a pretty progressive option on what they do. What they do with the Sean McVay style of coaching is they try to get as many top tier flight studs as they can on a team. And then they fill in the rest with guys that you probably haven't heard of that can fit in their scheme. So for them right now, studs they have on their team made the big trade for Matthew Stafford uh, level up as Michael Brockers says (laughs) from, from Jared Goff, they've got Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey. They've got, Andrew Whitworth, who I'm still going to throw in there because he's still yeah. a top-ish tier guy. For being 40, dude, he's playing he's well good. at left tackle. I mean, they've got Tyler Higby, who's good at the tight end game. But the one guy that I love, 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 love. Where to God if you say Leonard Wood? Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup coming straight out of our neck of the woods. At Northwest Boy. Davis. Washington played his high school ball at Davis high school, went to Eastern Washington. All he's done since he's got in the league has been producing. Uh, If healthy last year, he would have got to a thousand yards. No problem. Missed the final game. I think he's the premier slot guy in the NFL last year, 974 yards, only three TDs year before that set career highs and touchdowns and yardage. He averages 10 yards a catch. 
And I think he's one of that better safety valves out there in the league for, for getting him in the third round to him becoming a captain of this team. The guys had a meteoric rise out of one of those small school guys that you typically don't see in the NFL, especially, you know, in that wide out position, you have a few guys out there, but none have really balled out of that slot position. So with them, the Rams do have a lot of good pieces on the team, but they definitely do have some holes that they're going to need to fill this year. I agree. They've got a ton of holes and they don't have a ton of draft picks. They got six. They they've got the six. I'm looking at it right now. They I can't believe they've got, draft picks. They, they got a them. compensation pick for Brad Holmes leaving. Okay. So their manager now is the, the oh. executive vice president of the Detroit Lions. That yeah. gives them a third round pick. That's the that's the new thing that came out there that if you lose uh, minority GMs or coaches of color, that they get it's a incentive from the NFL to have people go out there. Brad Holmes got a higher pick than Dante Fowler or Corey Littleton. Mm-hmm. Adam. Okay, I'm going to rewind just a little bit talking about talking about our boy Cooper Cup. Uh, you mentioned him and I think there's been two times in my life. The first the first time was with him. The second time was with Philadelphia playing in the Super Bowl and that was the second time I ever said fly Eagles fly. The first time was when Cooper Cup was at Eastern Washington University. The breaking Eagles and Moss's breaking Moss's record for most continue or most consecutive games with a touchdown reception broke Randy and that, Moss's record. That's an insane record to break. That's a Hall of Famer record that you bought. I mean, yes, it's D two. It doesn't matter. I mean, kid, obviously, it showed in the pros too. He he's just yeah, he's got talent and he's got the football mind. And that's why, like, I've always been a big fan of him, too. And even if he's playing against one of my teams, it's like, all right, he has a good game. I'm like, get it, son. Like, you go out there and you get it. You're one of those Northwest boys. You grew up 40 miles away from me and you figured it out and you actually broke out of this spot. And you dug your way from the bottom. Like, he didn't go to a big-name school. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah, Yakima is the bottom of Eastern Washington, and he dug his way out and just chipped away to where he is a top-tier receiver. I mean, I don't care what anyone says, especially in the red zone, that guy Ooh. is going to catch touchdowns. Like, shout-out. Yeah, shout-out to Cooper Cup. He's, Love you, Cooper. He's all of our boys, I feel like, at this point. Coach, you got something? Nothing but love for Cooper Cup. Perfect. All right, that'll transition perfectly into what I think the Rams need to do in the coming years. They need to – I mean, they've got Matt Stafford now. What they need to focus on is who they want their clear, outright, number one wide receiver to be. Because let's face it, in the next two to three years, they're going to have to make that decision of whether they want Cooper Cup or Robert Woods long-term. They're not going to be able to afford both. 
Cup has a couple years left on his contract. They're both very good receivers, but they need to make a decision moving forward who they want to go, you know, who they want to be that number one guy. Um, or else they're going to be in a world of hurt. Who's going to be Megatron for the Rams? I think a guy that they have on the roster right now that's still on his rookie deal, I know they just brought in Deshaun Watson or Deshaun Jackson because he's a big-time downfield threat, and that's where Matthew Stafford has succeeded. But he loves hitting those underneath guys too, where I think that's why Cooper Cup's going to be the guy going forward. But Van Jefferson from the draft last year is a guy that I think could eventually overtake Deshaun to then get there and be that guy going forward for him. And for, for me, they found good value by picking up Robert Woods for not a ton of money when they picked him up the first time. Yep. Signed him to an extension. Cooper Cup, day three guy. I think that they're looking for guys in that Sean McVay system where you just want a bevy of pass catchers. I mean, Tyler Higby was a nobody before he was drafted. Look what happened with him. Blows up. And I think a lot of that scheme and system fit for them. Yeah, I, I I was more along the lines of financially, which one are they going to choose moving forward? I, I agree, Van pick, Jefferson's going to be great. We pick me and Dirty pick Cooper Cup. I pick Cooper Cup, too. Um, clean sweep. Clean sweep, everyone. All right, Robert Woods, you're out. Sorry, buddy. Pack your bags. <laughs> In a couple of years. All right. Uh, you want to talk about the draft or free agency first? You want, you want to talk about your second favorite contract? All right, let's talk about my second favorite contract. Let's let's break this down real quick. You're the Rams. You've got Austin Blythe, Gerald Everett, John Johnson, Josh Reynolds, Sam Ebicom, Troy Hill, and Leonard Floyd. What do you do? You give Leonard Floyd $64 million and let the other six walk. Give him the bag. Smart. Give him the bag. Want to know why you give him the bag? Because he had 10 sacks last year. Ten he only had 18, 10 and a half. He only had 18 and a half the previous four years combined. But yeah, let's throw a small fortune for the guy who had one decent year. Hate that contract. Talent. Almost as much as I hate Bud Dupree's contract. Talent, talent and measurables are off the board for him, though. I mean, Absolutely. It helps, it, too. I mean, wasn't the best scheme fit for the Bears when he was with them. So this does He was make opposite it. of Khalil Mack. How could he not be successful? That's the only reason Bud Dupree was successful is because he was opposite TJ Watt. Right now you've got Floyd playing outside of Aaron Donald. Of course I mean, he's going to be successful. Aaron Donald, the one defensive player of the year last year again, won it three out of the past four years, 13 and a half sacks. 19 and a half tackles for loss last year and yeah for your floyd stuff floyd's not too far behind him with that last year though i mean 10 and a half sacks yeah 12 and a half tackles for loss but my big concern with them is they got lightning in a bottle with staley being their defensive coordinator he gets the job over at the other la team goes over to the chargers so It'll be interesting to see how these pieces all fit together with that 
new man in charge on the defense. And it's going to be a, a big change for them. They lost most of their secondary. They lost at least a handful of key pieces in their secondary, and I think that's going to affect them more than they think. Yeah, they've got Jalen Ramsey, but – got Taylor Rapp coming back from injury, played pretty well his rookie year last year, missed most of the year, but I think that he's a good fit for that. I mean, balled out pretty well his, his rookie year. He's coming back. So I think – I'm throwing my hat in the mix real quick too. just my random thoughts. Something that I've noticed that usually bothers big tug a little bit is these flashes of greatness. And these guys who have been less than mediocre and have an outstanding season. And then all of a sudden they get this big contract and it's definitely teams rolling the dice thinking that maybe they like, (laughs) it's called, it's called Matt Flynn syndrome. Oh, oh, and so and so they have so they have they have this hot season and then they get a fat contract afterwards. And I could tell that any time Big Tug sees that it kind of rubs them the wrong way. But also, I feel like it's teams thinking like, okay, maybe this guy turned the corner in his career, especially if they're, you know, younger players like, okay, maybe he finally turned the corner and this is going to be his new consistent stats right now. And that's a risk that some of these teams are taking, I feel like. They're like, okay, he was mediocre before this. He had a great season, but they see something that they're like, okay, now he's he's making that turn, and now this is going to be his norm right now. And and I could see his frustration. That, that would be like me writing one funny joke and like putting out a 30-second snidbit and being like, I'm a stand-up comedian now. No, you wrote one good joke. <laughs> like, you're not going to sell out theaters or anything. Like Netflix is going to call you up for, a, for an hour spot. Yeah, exactly. Netflix is going to give me an hour spot because they've seen a 30-second clip of a funny joke that I put out. And that's, and that's the feeling that I get from Big Tug of seeing, like, these huge contracts for one good season. It's like, all right, yeah. But some of those teams, if they're willing to make that risk, then it, it does work out every once in a while because they tur- they do actually turn that corner and that's their new normal stat. I hate this you- <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. No, you're good. I was I was looking up the Matt Flynn contracts and <laughs> how Seattle gave him 19 million dollars, I believe. Sure. 19 million dollars to play Zero down. Uh, not true, buddy. He made five completions out of nine attempts for 68 yards with his tenure in Seattle. <laughs> Mop up duty. Dude, that is That's a lot of money. Are you right busting now. out the basic math? Are we, math. Are, we, are we doing maths out here? They paid him $3.8 million per completion. <laughs> Oh man, that's almost as bad as the the Mike Lennon contract up in Chicago. Can I get that job? I want to pay. I want that job. I in in high school, I also I was one for one, and I threw a touchdown pass. Do I get a bonus and incentive? Dude, I'll I'll take those. I'll take those little fly sweeps where the where you know Tyreek Hill runs in front of me, and that counts as a completed pass all day. Give me my three million dollars. God, Matt Flynn. Thanks for 
thanks for stopping by the show. We really appreciate it. Matt Flynn, if you're out there, we'd love to have you, we, as, a guest. Have you as a guest. Explain yourself. Please. <laughs> that would be great. I think. Oh, man. All right. You think he's going to charge like a million dollars per second as a FaceTime us from your yacht, please. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Should we go draft? Please. Uh, let's see. They do not have a first round pick. Because they, they hate first round picks. They hate first round picks. Yeah, they hate first round picks almost as much as Seattle does. More. They haven't had More. since Jared Goff. What was their last they, first round pick? Yeah. Golf, golf, golf. golf. <clears throat> All right. So their first pick in the draft is 57. Where do you see him going, coach? I've got two varying degrees that I go here. Um, one, I got have them possibly looking at tackle. And the guy nope. that I kind of have highlighted for them is Brady Christensen out of BYU. Ooh. Yeah. Sneaky good Ooh. pick, right? Yeah, she excited. Brady Christensen love coming because he, with with the scheme that Sean McVay runs, there's not a ton of pressure on your tackles. He's a guy who was with Zach Wilson last year, pass heavy offense in college, can can hold his own. Plus, you're not asking your tackles all the time in that Sean McVay offense to be the dude that's just going to grate on people throughout the season. The other thing that I want to point out is my second option. I don't know who it is because with the Rams, they haven't had a first round pick and they've just let the board fall to them. Uh, they go. I know who pretty, it is. Yeah. High profile guys. The last two years in the second round, the last two years, they've picked Cam Akers and Taylor Rapp, both guys that were solid in college and ended up falling out for them in their rookie years. So I could see them letting the board fall to them and just taking best player available. I'll tell you who, who they go with. They go with Nick Bolton. Oh, if he's around. If I he's around, that. Nick Bolton or Jabril Cox at 57, just shore up that that second tier of defense for him. Yep, second level. They've got the line. They've got the, the second line of defense there, man. Shored up, linebacker, all the way. I like Nick Bolton. I like him, too. That's where I think they go, 57. If he's around, if he's not, Jabril Cox. So I go for them in that and obviously take the best player available. Once we get to round three, I think they target a big area of need for me. That's cornerback. And I think that they take one of these two guys, one guy, brother played in the league. He has measurables out, like out of this world. Great at testing. Efetu Melafunoa, cornerback out of Syracuse or Paulson Adebayo, straight out of Stanford. Okay. Yeah, totally. Um, what about safety considering John Johnson departing? I think with Taylor Rapp coming back, that helps diminish the need a little bit, and you can address that a little bit later in the draft. But – I do think it's somewhere that they should target in one of their six picks. How about Benjamin St. Just? Minnesota? No name? Climbing up some boards? How about Keith Taylor? Cornerback, Washington. He'll be around in the third round. 
Don't act like he won't be. He'll probably be around in the fourth. And they they do love the going. Round. They do love going to the University of Washington. I could. Greg Gaines is on the squad. I could honestly Taylor Rapp. Yeah, I could see him going a different direction in the Pac-12. And if Javon Holland's around, he plays safety and corner. If he's a, if he's there in the second, that's definitely an option. Oh, he'll be there in the third. At eighty-eight, though. No, not at eighty-eight. But I've got a I've got a left field guy. They they could use some of those compensation picks in the in you know in the hundred range to move up a couple spots to get Holland possibly in the third. Yeah. All right. Dirty's got something. As a representative of the uh, kicker and punter special teams kind of guys out there, um, I'd also like to highlight the uh, position that I played when I was playing football. And it doesn't exist too often anymore in today's new league, but it's the old school fullback. And there's not a lot of teams that use that, but I feel like Sean being the offensive genius that he is, I feel like maybe incorporating an old school fullback into certain formations and stuff might be something that he could work out properly. Um, So here's a guy I was just doing a little bit of research on him, but Ben Mason from Michigan. He is an old school full blocking fullback. He used to be a linebacker. I mean, he is 6'2, 250, that classic fullback built kind of guy. So I think that that would be kind of a kind of a risky move, but something kind of cool that they could incorporate into their offense to where they could run that old school I formation and do some tricky stuff out of that and have that old-school fullback and make it work. Almost like the Niners have, you know, Jusic, where they have him, or Jusic. Uh, He's got too too many uh, consonants in his name for me to always remember it. But, yeah, having that old-school fullback, maybe it would throw teams off, I feel like, just because so few teams, like, have that old-school fullback. And it could be a, a good sneaky way to throw in like a weird set formation to where you have this fullback in there. And I think he's just the offensive mind. Sean McVay can like figure out some of those uh, heavy formations, what they used to call it um, with a fullback in there and kind of make some plays off of that. What do you guys think about grabbing, grabbing a old school fullback in the draft? You're talking about Sean McVay, who's the mo- one of the more forward-thinking offensive minds. He's not. He's not going out and getting that retro look. He's not rocking the fanny pack. But it's so retro that the, it would the, be new now. Yeah, we're not reinventing the wheel. <laughs> no, we're, it, we're it, not doing that. If anything, I think they would go after more of that H back tight end because losing Gerald Everett, he did run a little bit of that H back. So if you're running a second guy in the backfield, he's going to be that heavy blocker, but more more so a good pass catcher out of the backfield. Like Tommy Tremble. Tommy Tremble, Hunter Long. I mean, we're just beating the drum for these guys lately. Hey, but speaking of guys that, speaking of guys that we brought up in previous episodes, Zach, round four, 
they've got Cam Akers on the squad, 625 yeah, yards last year. Yep. Daryl Henderson, one yard behind him, clocking in at 624. Yep. They need a third down back, right? They do. What about your boy out of the UCLA, Demetric Felton? I like Demetric Felton. I think that he, he is. is the perfect piece for a Sean McVay offense because he can gadget all over the field for you. He is like LaVisca Chenault minus a little bit of size. He is someone they can play all over the field. He's little Visca Chenault. it would just add a whole nother dynamic. Huh? Little Visca Chenault. Yeah, he's little Visca Chenault. He, <laughs> they could play him everywhere all over this field. He'd be a, a, a completely new, it would add a new dynamic to an already very dynamic offense. And the, I mean, the, and you're bringing in Matt Stafford, who has never had this compliment of a team around it. This, last year, I, I want I did on my research. He had more yards passing than yeah. Jared Goff last year. More touchdowns, less interceptions. Yep. He had just over four thousand yards passing, twenty six yep. TDs, ten interceptions. Can you? I'm gonna let, let's go to let's go to Jeopardy real quick. Who was his number three receiver last year in total yardage? In Detroit? Yeah. He's oh, a Detroit man. Danny. Is it Amendola? It is Amendola. Here, how yeah. about his how about his ding, fifth, ding, ding, ding. how about his fifth guy? Uh, I I'm drawing a blank, man. Sure. I, I'm I'm shocked you didn't get Quintez Cephas. That was actually on my list. So when you look behind at, Victor Bolden. Yeah. So the other guys that they had that were above Kenny Galladay was below. He was clocking in at six because he wasn't healthy most of the year. You had Marvin Jones. DeAndre Swift was oh, also yeah. on that list. So you look at their receiving threats on this team. And, and TJ Oxen was the other guy that was in the top five. Hey. So you've got Tyler Higby, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup. I'm a little mad that Cooper Cup's third on that list for you. Well, I'm just naming guys wow. off the top of the head. <laughs> Deshaun Jack, Deshaun Jackson. You've got Van Jefferson. You've got Cam Akers. You've got Daryl Henderson. Yeah. Possibly Demetric Felton. Hopefully Demetric Felton. But the possibilities are endless. That's under a McVeigh umbrella right there. And and all those guys are way higher profile than just about any guy that I listed besides Marvin Jones and TJ Hawkinson on that list. So are they about to be the biggest show on turf again? You hold your tongue dirty. Are they about to be the biggest show on turf again? Like I would love to see that happen again, because when that happened, when I was watching them back in the day, Kurt Warner just out there being a gunslinger and killing it with all of his weapons. Like, that was so fun to watch. Like even as them being an opposing team, like just being the greatest show on turf. Do you think that that's what they're going for again? They're going for that. They're going for that uh, all in kind of bet. Oh, they're all in already. I think it's a little tough because it's not like I mean Robert Woods and Cooper Cup are both very good receivers, but they're not Isaac Bruce and Tory Holt. Drew, they're better. Nah, oh, just kidding. Hey, hey, just kidding. Whoa. Isaac Bruce, Tory Holt. Oh, hey. 
hey, if you guys are listening, someone grab the fire extinguisher. We've got a fire take right now. <laughs> I apologize to the city of St. Louis for the the riots that are about to ensue. Wow. Oh, just kidding. I mean, Woo. that's almost as far as saying that Cam Akers is better than Marshall Falk, and we know that hasn't happened yet. <laughs> who was their third though? They had a third on that on that original. So they had. Isaac Bruce. Yep. Then they Corey had Holt. Corey Holt. They had one more guy. Marshall Falk. No, they had Marshall Falk. No, they had one more receiver who was a banger, too. Think, shout, shout out shout out to Key and Peel. Was it Donkey Teeth? No. <laughs> God damn it. It as soon as you say it, Big Tug's looking it up for me right now. Of that greatest show on turf team, Ibrahim Moises. No, there was definitely a third to where I remember him having probably the best wide receiver third season of the NFL. Like, was Tony Horn was their third receiver? Look up the championship team. Mike Martz also was the was the coach there another great offensive mind so we're not we're not too far off there anyway so i would i mean i would not be upset if they got back to that greatest show on turf kind of mentality to where they're just putting up numbers to where i mean there's a lot of teams that we talked about in the previous episodes of like uh having to stack up your defense to like stop teams from outscoring you but they've got a stack defense already so all they got to do oh is uh Akeem. thank you yeah thank you azahir Akeem. azahir Akeem, the burner and that was the guy i was thinking of that was that he he was the original juju <laughs> like back in the day we're we just got done doing a Steelers episode, but that guy was the original. So here is the stat line for receiving for the the, the year that they won. So 36 receptions, 677 yards on 36, averaged 18. His long was 75 he had eight touchdowns okay so you catch 36 passes through the year because you're playing with two obvious studs on the side but that's why i remembered him i was like this dude definitely yeah Az azaira came shout out to that dude during the greatest show on turf get him on the show eight touchdowns off of 36 passes what what's the math on that 20% of your catches are touchdowns and you got 600, almost 700 yards off those 36 catches. Yeah. That's a super bowl winning team. So they need, they need to either have a new version of that. Van Jefferson. Van Jefferson. Van Jefferson. Jefferson, Jefferson could Fly. be that 40 catches, 
for 700 yards and eight touchdowns during a season. He could easily be that. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that, that's why those Rams are going to be scary. I mean, cause they are, they are in a heavy hitting division this year on paper. I mean, on paper, it looks heavy. And so I think the Cardinals are going to be struggling more than people think they would because they got a lot of names. They got a lot of names. But St. Louis might be sneaky on that. Actually, that whole division, we never know. It's it's who's going to step up in that division, basically, because that whole division is so stacked right now. Agreed. And their defense for the Rams is still pretty solid. Like we said, they have those top flight guys, quick twitch, and then the rest of the guys. I mean, they were a top defense last year. And all right, we've named a few of the guys on the team, Aaron Donald, Leonard Floyd, Jalen Ramsey. But before the season, did anyone know who Troy Hill was? Yes. (laughs) Oregon, Horner, Scud. Yeah, was 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 John Johnson the third looked at as one of the top safeties in the league? No, I mean it's because of the talent they have around him. That's what Sean McVay does. He sits there and he wants he wants as many studs on the team as possible. He says if you can if you can put eight studs on the field, the rest of the rest hey, of your guys you can fill in. And we've talked about that before. And when you have those phenomenal once-in-a-lifetime athletes there. Those those other guys, if you're playing and you're practicing with Aaron Donald every day, you're going to get better. Like, even their offensive line, like, it doesn't matter. You're playing against that every day. You're going to get better. You see that level of excellence, you're going to get better. And that's why it's – when you have players like that, it's definitely easier to fill in the pieces – because those pieces that you put in there are pushing themselves probably harder than they ever have. And this has got to be the best quarterback that McVay's had, hands down. I mean, Kirk Cousins had his best years when he was over there with the Washington team. So you're sitting there and giving a guy that has not had a team around him in Matt Stafford the bevy of weapons plus you're giving your head coach who is a quarterback whisperer the best quarterback <laughs> he's ever worked with i mean this is a recipe for success for the la rams they're like they are in a tough division they didn't win the division they came in as a wild card team and then they beat the division winner in the wild card weekend because their defense stymied them granted they lost a few pieces but their offense got better this offseason. And that was the sticking point for them last year is Jared Goff had lost the confidence. You could see it. And now they've got a guy that should have all the confidence in the world, a level up. Would you, would you say that Goff choked kind of like he was like, golf, golf, golf. Yes. <laughs> It got, it got so bad. It got so bad that Jared Goff was able to play and they still started John Wofford in the playoff game. That's how much trust he had lost with Sean McVay. What's wrong with John Wofford? What? What's wrong with John Wofford? 
What's wrong with him? Yeah. What's yeah. wrong with him? Well, he got pretty he got pretty concussed about five minutes into that playoff game. But Jamal, <laughs> Adams, Jamal Adams came in and laid a little hat on him. Yeah, I th- I think that bring in. I'm I don't know who I'm happier for, whether it's Matt or their organization. Because I pick, I pick Matt because the organization's been just fine. Brand new stadium, state of the art. Recently in the Super Bowl, Matt Stafford has worked his tail off to be in this position. Yeah, I, I actually, now that you put it that way, I'm, I'm with you on that. It's definitely got to be I'm happier for Matt because, I don't know, there's probably a lot of you hardcore football fans out there who had seen that uh, mic'd up version of him getting a dislocated shoulder and then coming back in like, I can throw it again. Like all, all I need is one throw. Like that is just a bad dude right there. Like he is so in love with the game of football. Like he, he is just that classic good old boy. He's like, he's like a Brett Favre. Like as far as like his attitude goes. Would you classify him as a gunslinger? Oh, all day, every day. Stafford's slinging it and bringing it you better believe that and he was up in detroit he was like he's like i don't care i'll cross i'll cross those tracks at eight mile i'll go throw some touchdowns real quick even though we're only gonna barely make the playoffs every once in a while (laughs) shout out to eight miles i got what's up lisa got lisa got megatron to throw it too for a couple years real quick make me look like a stud and now's the now's time to where he has people around him to where they're they're gonna make matt stafford look like the stud that he is like that's the thing like they're gonna make that happen matt stafford could theoretically blow some some numbers out of the water this year i don't think it's out of the question to see him easy over 4500 yards that's that's he's gonna this offense he's for him. Uh, you just said Drew Brees and there's okay there's an extra there's an it. extra game he's as well I can see him touch five thousand yards hot take Sunday oh okay I hope that happens I really do he hits he hits that five hey he's like oh I I ain't running no half marathons <laughs> like I'm getting that five k he's gonna yeah. Drew Brees it. He's going to move from the Chargers to the Saints and he's going to move from the Lions to the Rams and he's going to Drew Brees it up and he's going to possibly bring a championship there, but he's probably going to thrive in that kind of environment. And McVay wouldn't bring him there if he didn't think that was going to happen. That's the thing of uh, McVay's like genius in his coaching. Like, he has so much control, I feel like, and probably say in that team to where Stafford would not be there if he didn't want him there. 100% agree. 100%. All right. Well, thanks for uh, listening to that little rant that I had. I got a little fired up on that one. <laughs> But it's part of the, the NFC best right now, and it's it's a hot division, so there's a lot to talk about, especially with all the moves that have 
been being made in that division. Um, like always, we love you guys. We thank you for listening to the episodes that we've been putting out. We hope you guys are enjoying them. Um, I'm Adam Dirty. I got Big Tug and Coach Red. We will keep you guys updated on how to fix your franchise because I know you guys really want to know how to fix it. Maybe some of you guys have a little bit of pull, a little bit of tug, a little bit of something, something, and how to reach out to those franchises and actually fix them. Because if those guys aren't listening to us, then what are you doing with your life? If yeah, what are you doing? What are you doing? Your franchise is going to fail if you're not listening to this podcast. And that's how it works. And that's why we named it like we did. So yeah, like I said, fix your franchise will be coming out. Fix it. We'll be getting it down all day, every day. We got this going on. We're fixing franchises left and right. Just three average guys being above average GMs. We love y'all and peace out.